is Educator Connection Podcast, where expert health professions educators share their tips about using Aquifer's virtual patient cases and resources to enrich learning. I'm Lynn Robbins, your host for this first series on lessons learned from COVID. This series will spotlight teaching successes in the face of COVID constraints. Today, I'm joined by Cindy Lord, who'll discuss her implementation of telepreceptoring for PA students and how she uses aquifer cases to enhance the telepreceptoring experience. Cindy Lord is an associate professor and the founding director of the Case Western Reserve University Physician Assistant Program in Cleveland, Ohio. Welcome, Cindy. Thanks for making the time to speak with me today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be with you and to have this conversation. Before we jump into our conversation about teleprecepting, I'd love for you to give me and our audience some background about the context in which you teach and the teaching that you do. I'm entering my 27th year as a PA educator, and I've been a PA program director for 23 years. This year with COVID, I got to dip my toe into the precepting world. I felt I really had to do my part to help out, to fill in and provide more space for our students to have direct patient care. Are your students back in the clinics now? We are back. Now, I understood that you developed your teleprecepting program to overcome the challenges presented by COVID. Yes, it did prompt us, but it probably won't end with COVID. We're happy with what we're doing. In an Aquifer webinar, you mentioned that you thought teleprecepting was a way you could augment learners' direct patient care experiences, and that from a programmatic point of view, It also helped you fill in curricular gaps and ensure educational equivalence for learners across all sites and preceptors. If I wanted to implement telepreceptoring at my institution, how would I get started? So what happens is first we recruit our preceptors. We currently have eight telepreceptors and one core PA faculty member working actively in telepreceptoring. And do you offer incentives to your preceptors? We actually do offer a small honorarium. It's $50 an hour, Mm -hmm. and it's a total of three hours for a session, which is a two-day block. And so it's $150 per two-day session. So we've tried to kiss, keep it very simple, silly, um, and not tax them with, can you fill out a form that's a mile long? Can you do all this other work? The fact that we have the aquifer cases has really been a hit, right? So they can kind of walk into that. Okay, so you've recruited your preceptors. What happens next? We do a little orientation for them. We introduce them to Aquifer, give them access, show them the cases. And then we go through our setup for a telepre-precepting session, which is what do we do on day one, which is kind of working through the H&P, developing a differential, ultimately getting to a diagnosis and a treatment plan. They know that they'll have a small group of no more than six. Typically, we do four. Four is very manageable. So four students in a group. We select the students by who has reduced hours or reduced exposure. And then, again, some of our learners that have had some struggles or if it's a remediation, if a a student is remediating for some reason. Then the cases are chosen. Um, We use kind of our high-yield topics. We use the PANS as the PA National Certifying Exam, and they have a blueprint. So we use that blueprint to help us with our high-yield, you know, what are the topics we really want to cover. Jeremy Mellenton leads our telepre-septing. He's our lead. And Jeremy has gone back to look at our shelf exam results from students as well as other standardized tests. 
-hmm. He does ask the students. He said, each of you, I'd like you to tell me what areas do you feel you'd like to work on? So we're trying to now actually customize some of those topics to where students um, may need some reinforcement. And I think that's an enhancement. And so that's how the cases and the students are chosen. Preceptors, again, are run through the case and we talk to them about being a facilitator. So there's a clear expectation that students will come prepared for these sessions. We usually try to give them three to four days and we tell the student only go to the H&P. Don't go any further. The preceptor prepares the entire case. They know the entire case because they're now thinking of what else would they want to enhance with? What can they share from their experience? Right. Student just, just the H&P. So the live session, when we meet, a session is two parts. So part A, first day, the four, the, the students plus the preceptor, the telepreceptor get together virtually. They arrange their time at night, whatever it might be. They're all given four cases to review. So the four cases are prepped by each of the four students. And then the preceptor will ask student A to present that case. And they are to present the H&P in their own words. They're not to use the aquifer words. They are to use their own words to present their H&P. And then they will develop, that student will be asked to develop their initial differential diagnosis and to rank it based on their H&P. Then they identify appropriate diagnostics like labs or imaging or other tests. They want a PHQ-9, whatever they might want. And the preceptor will um, provide those based predominantly on the results of the diagnostics in the aquifer case. Or sometimes they'll enhance and add from their own experience, the preceptor. Then based on that information, the student will re-rank their differential, what can be ruled in, what can be ruled out, and why. And then they make their diagnosis and then their treatment and management plan, follow-up, referral, admission, et cetera. So they get through four cases in a two-hour period. So there has to be efficiency. So preceptors know they have to really move along. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really kind of student-driven. And students know that too. And they know the better they do it, the more they all get out of it. They go home that night and the students write a soap note on their case for that day. And they also identify five learning opportunities from their case, things that they need to work on based on their knowledge gaps that they self-identify. And they come back on day two, one hour day two. And that's where the learner will present their learning opportunities and be questioned with the other colleagues there, their other classmates there, the four of them. Um, the preceptor will question them uh, and ask about their learning opportunities and dig into that. And they actually give just-in-time, real-time feedback to the student about their learning opportunities. The student will also present their SOAP note and they'll get formative feedback. We actually later grade it for a grade, but they get formative feedback then on their SOAP note. And um, that's how the day goes. That's how the two days go. We're doing groups of four students and we're running them through two sessions. So they meet four times a week. They each see eight cases a week and over a four-week period, those four students are exposed to 32 cases with that intense discussion and evaluation. I love how you base your case selection on the weakness of the students. Well, it's learner-oriented teaching. It's been exciting because we have had really good student feedback. They have found it very meaningful. They get that experience with a preceptor. 
So they're not alone and isolated in their room, just going through a case. They take a deeper dive into the case. They love the real in-time feedback and they like that, that learning opportunity. They really enjoy the, the safe space learning opportunity. They like the clinical pearls that the preceptor will just kind of throw in some clinical pearls and they like that. And, you know, for someone like me, that's how I learned. But those days of precepting, I, I yearn for them, but they're gone. Precepting has changed. We don't have that mentor-mentee model. And this maybe recreates a little bit of that. We've had similar excitement and feedback from our preceptors. They find it rewarding and fun. A little nervous at first. They, they're a little nervous, uh, but they get over that. And again, they find it's safe space learning for them um, and to be able to actually really do the kind of precepting some of them have wanted to do and feel limited in what they're able to do. We do grade the students. So we have created a grading rubric. Um, the session participation is the larger part of the grade, that's 70%, and that's their history and physical presentation, their differential diagnosis, their ultimate diagnosis and treatment plan. 20% of the grade is their written communication, and that would be their SOAP note, which we grade. And then 10% of the grade is their oral presentation, and that's the way they present their five self-identified learning um, opportunities. So that has been received well by the students as well. And how did the faculty feel about the grading? We are refining our evaluation from both the student and the preceptor. We're looking at what skills and program-defined behaviors, because there's two pieces there, can the preceptor evaluate over a course of two days in a, you know, a three-hour period? Things that we have found we were using were too hard to evaluate were interpersonal interactions with health professionals, professional responsibility, personal responsibility. We're going to probably make a professionalism and define that as were they attentive, were they respectful, you know, kind of something that's much more doable than the, the deeper dive we can get over a four-week period when you're with a preceptor on a daily basis. The student evaluation of the experience, we're trying to get that down to just kind of eight simple, were goals clear, were they achievable, was the experience valuable? the authenticity of the experience, application of knowledge, of course, safe space learning, was feedback um, provided, and their ability to reflect and discuss their performance. It is a great opportunity for your students to learn how to give feedback to one another. Yes, they feel they can give that feedback better than forced in a course or in front of people they don't know. So it, it is important. And we know that it's a lifelong skill, right? We're going to do it the rest of our lives in medicine. So you have to practice it. It's authentic too. Sometimes students resent doing things that seem inauthentic. Yes. Although they did say upfront, they, the students have said, you know, it's a little scary because we're getting feedback in front of our colleagues, but then they get over that quickly. Cindy, we have covered a lot of ground. What do you think are the most important takeaways? If we were to look at what are those kind of big take-home pearls, whoever leads your telepre-precepting needs to have full understanding of Aquifer, what it can do, the cases, know their preceptors and provide them a good orientation. So you need a good faculty lead. It's turned out for us that it's really important to try to focus the cases, not just match the clinical rotation, the discipline they're in, but dig deeper and find out what are those topic areas in internal medicine? What is that? What are those topics in internal medicine that that individual student 
actually needs. So again, that we've talked a little bit about matching the learner, the specific learner needs. And I think making sure, again, giving time for the telepreceptor and for the student to do prep and making sure we remind our preceptors, you're a facilitator, share your pearls, but really let the students lead that conversation and develop um, develop their, their knowledge and their wisdom by working through those cases. And we're just there to kind of back them up and ask those questions. Look at your evaluation tool as well. Test it out, get feedback, not just on the evaluation tool, get feedback from your telepreceptors, from your students, because every institution, every program is different. And you need to work around what your, the way your program works, what works well for you and your students. So get feedback and don't be afraid to modify. I, I, this isolation is another thing. And, and that's why the telepercepting has really been nice because students have told me by doing the teleprecepting, they have to stay on the mark. They have to have those four cases ready. So they feel that they're really taking a much deeper dive than that. Okay, I got through the case, check. I think it's just, we all have to be flexible and realize on a dime that we've had to change things. Cindy, I want to thank you so much for spending time with me today. I've learned an awful lot about your program. You're doing great things. Well, I want to thank you and Aquifer for allowing me to tell our story. It's just so rewarding to see students enjoy learning and to really get something out of their experience. And we feel that's happening here with our combination of a live telepreceptor and using those aquifer cases. And that's really for an educator. I don't know that it gets much better than that when you see that aha moment and you see the smile, they just get it. They feel good. They have confidence and that makes it all worth it. So you can go back in the trenches every day. (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week for Aquifer's Educator Connection Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion about telepercepting. Show notes from today's episode with additional links and resources are available on aquifer.org. There you can also find information about our Lessons Learned from COVID podcast series, our Teaching Perspectives and Pearls blog, and our webinar and web shops. You can subscribe and listen to the series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter to keep up with the latest news. While you're at it, if you found value in the podcast, tell a colleague and leave us a review. Until next time, be well. The Aquifer Educator Connection Podcast is a product of Aquifer, your trusted source for clinical learning. It is produced and hosted by Lynn Robbins. The show's executive producer is Eileen Olszewski. Audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. The show's artwork was created by Carrie Waters. The theme music, Little Idea, is written and performed by Scott Holmes. For more information, please visit our website, www.aquifer.org.